Almost 16 years ago to the day, my family and I moved into the home that we are still in. And when we moved in, it was new construction, and so there wasn't any landscaping. There was black dirt surrounding the house. Of course, because I live in Minnesota and it was February, we had snow. But eventually the snow melted and we had to address the landscaping. And so we hired a landscaping company to consult and advise us on the types of plants and shrubs and trees that we could uh, put around the yard. And then, of course, they came out and they planted them. Now, as part of the landscaping project, if you face our home to the uh, by the front door to the right, we planted three shrubs. To the left, we planted another three shrubs. And they were all planted at the exact same time and they had the same conditions. They had the same amount of sunlight, they had the same amount of water, they had the same soil conditions. But what we noticed over the course of a month or two during the first uh, year in the home was that all but one shrub were growing. They were thriving and they were, they were lush green but they were nurturing, they were growing in size but there was one shrub of the six that was still green it was still alive it was just not thriving it wasn't growing it wasn't developing and so we called the landscapers and they came out to look at things and said well the the water is the same the sunlight is the same the soil conditions are the same however We'll try a couple of things, you know, some fertilizer spikes, maybe a little lime for the pH balance in the soil, and just let us know what happens. The result of that was that it was still alive, it was still green, but it wasn't growing. The others continued to grow, and so eventually this one shrub broke the kind of the symmetry of the rest of the shrubs, and so they came out uh, a couple of months later again and looked at it and said, I'll tell you what, you've done everything you can. We have a guarantee. We will replace this shrub. We'll find one that's as close to the same size as possible and, and replant it. So a few days later, they came out and uh, they dug up the old shrub and replaced it with a new one. And that solved that problem. Before they left, I went out and asked him, may I ask what will you be doing with the shrub that you dug up? They said, we'll probably just go throw it back in the dumpster when we get back to the shop. And I said, well, I've got an acreage and plenty of space and it's not dead. It's just not thriving. And let's just try to plant it somewhere else. There's no harm, no foul, but, but why waste it? Why throw it away? And so they asked me to point out a spot and I did, and they planted it. A few weeks later, I was walking around my property with my dogs and I thought I would stop by and check on the shrub and guess what? It was growing. It was thriving. It was it was lush green and it was larger than it was in the other spot. Now it was the same shrub but just in a different environment and it began to grow and it began to develop and it began to thrive. You see, sometimes it's the shrub, but sometimes it's the environment. Sometimes we stagnate our own growth, our own development, and sometimes 
it's the result of the environment that we're in. Now, unlike a shrub that is planted and roots grow and develop and it's there and it's stuck, it can't change the circumstances of its environment. We can. We do have the ability to change our environment. I remember a few years ago and I was driving back and forth uh, out of state every other week for my work. And at one point I thought, you know, I wonder if I think I might be ready for a new vehicle. And to get ready for a new vehicle, uh, I brought my truck to a local uh, detailing shop. And I said, why don't you detail this up? I think I'm going to put it on the market and, and, and sell this. And they detailed it inside and out. And I went to pick it up the next day. And in driving home, I said, I I don't need a different vehicle. I'm, I'm great with this one. Wow. I didn't know this thing could still sparkle and shine. It's clean on the inside and it's clean on the out. And it made my, my drive for a while a little more enjoyable, a little more comfortable. And it, it, was, it was the subtle change in my environment that made that actually 12 hours, nearly 11 and a half hours round trip drive that I would do frequently just that much better. I still made the drive. It was still the same truck, but the environment was addressed. And I believe it was a little bit better. At least it was more comfortable for me. Have you ever moved into a, a home and or lived in a home for a long time and decided to put a fresh coat of different color paint on all of the walls and you walk in and you just go, wow, this feels great. This is, this is a little more homey or done a deep clean and said, this is it, or organized your garage and said, wow, this is, I, I, I enjoy my workshop a little bit more. I enjoy my living room clean and picked up and organized when you get ready for a guest. We can do some of the same things to address our, our environment. And so today I want to talk to you about three ways that you can improve, optimize your environment so that you can continue to grow and thrive. Now, these are applicable to your work life. And I suppose much of this could carry over into personal relationships. But I wanted to address this because we don't need to feel like shrubs that are just planted and I'm just stuck in this environment and I don't have a say in anything and I'm dependent on the circumstances around me and the things that everybody else does for my own personal happiness and fulfillment, we don't want to do that. And so I want to focus, continue to focus on the inside out and, and what can I do for my work environment. Now, these are in no particular order of importance. I actually think they have very equal importance, but I do want to break them down uh, into three different categories. And so the first one is, is your time. You know, we think about money in a different way than we do time. We think about money as something that, you know, we, we get it, we get our check and, and we allocate a certain amount. We're aware of where we spend it. We, we track that, we budget, we say this, this much is for my rent or my mortgage, this much is for my car payment and insurance, and, and this much is for clothes and this much is for so, so on and so forth. But we don't think of time in the same way. So time is something that we just kind of 
allow to be spent down. We kind of free float and even sometimes drift through the day. And some, uh, how many times have you heard someone else say, or how many times have you yourself said, I just don't know where the day went or where is the time going? When we're more intentional about our time and what we do with it, and we think more about it as a tangible resource, then we treat it a little bit differently, don't we? You see, what we do with our time is either spending it down or, or it's an investment in time and there's a return on what we do with our time. And just like an investment financially, there are three positive outcomes with everything that we do with every moment in the day. And so the three possible or potential outcomes for investing in 100 shares of stock would be a, 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 a positive return or neutral, it stays flat, or a negative return, and it loses money. Did you know that time is the same way? There are three potential outcomes. How you spend the next 10 minutes will either have a positive return, it'll be neutral, or it'll be a waste, and negative. It'll have a negative return. Now, what does this have to do with our work environment? I think a lot, because if we can take control of our time back, it can optimize our work environment and thus our day. And so one place to start would be to organize your day, organize your time, organize the, the projects, the tasks that you have to do for the day. I, I think of tasks like a game of Tetris, you know, the game where the, the blocks are different shapes and when they're falling from the top, you actually have to rotate them and move them from side to side and drop them into the proper place because if you don't, you're, the game is over. And tasks are coming in and calls and emails and meetings and appointments and face-to-face -face and, and projects to work on and spreadsheets to create. And they're coming from the top and, and sometimes we just let them all just fall and they just kind of all just kind of pile up and boom, game over, day over, time wasted. And then we're behind and then how do you feel about your day when you have a monitor full of post-it notes in, in random order? It's, it's not very fulfilling. It can be quite challenging. But if you look at those projects and the calls that you need to make and the emails that you need to respond to and, and create a list of those things to do, and then after you create the list, then you prioritize them and say, I need to do this first, then this, then this, then that. Then thirdly, you look at your calendar and you begin to slot those into the time and say, I need 30 minutes for this project. I have an opening between 9 and 9.30. There it is. I just made an appointment with myself. There's the project. I need to return this call. It'll take 15 minutes. And I've got some time between 11.45 and 12, and I slot that in. And so you see, you can organize your day to optimize it. Control your day. Don't let it control you. That brings structure to your day. And you can take it a step further and create a model day. And, and you can create the model day to accommodate for emails and administrative work. Block out 30 minutes in the morning. Block out 30 minutes in the afternoon. Uh, you can, if, if, if you want to exercise every day over lunch, you can block out that time and say from 12 to 1, I am out of touch. I'm unplugged. I'm not taking appointments. That's my model day. That's my model week. I'm doing this. 
Now, sometimes things will come up and we have to move things around, but but having that model day is brings something that's very important to it for not only what happens uh, in the day with the time, but also with our men- mentality around it, which is to be intentional, not reactive, be intentional, take control of your time. And that's a good place to start with your environment. Get organized, get structured, and be intentional. So that's the time aspect. The second one is the space. We, we all work in an environment. If you're working from home right now, or if you're working in an office space, or you, or you go to different offices, but you drive in between uh, and you're in your car a lot, that's still your space. In the, in the same way that you would with your time, you can also organize your workspace. I used to come in the day after Thanksgiving every year into my office because hardly anyone else was there and I had few distractions and few disruptions. So I would make the time to organize, to get caught up. And, I, and it actually was a bit cathartic to kind of go, oh wow, this I can shred this. This was six months ago. Or this isn't important. Or, oh look, <laughs> there was an interesting article I forgot about. I'll reread this. I'll scan it quickly. But I would organize my workspace and I would clean my workspace and you've done it you come into a clean and organized workspace and you just go I feel like I'm in a little bit better of a place and 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 I feel a little less chaotic and it's a better what it's a better work environment the space that you're in is important I have been with people that uh, have gone through, you know, hired companies to organize their home, uh, to get organized and to declutter and to throw certain things out. And they just go, why didn't I do this years ago? Or, or you go through a deep clean and, you know, yourself or with your family and you just say, like I said, you know, you, you clean out the garage from top to bottom and organize everything. And you just go, wow, this is great. I should have done this a long time ago. We can do the same thing with our workspace. And lastly, and I said there was no order of importance on these, but this one is last, but certainly not by way of importance. I guess I saved it for last because I want to emphasize that when it comes to our environment, there, there's, the, there's how we address the day and the time. There's, there's the space, physical space that we're in. And then there are the relationships, aren't there? You have a work day and whether you're physically in the same building or you're talking to them on the phone or video conferencing, those are your people. That is your tribe. That is the community that you're in. You see, I love the community that I live in. We were just struck with the tragedy of a, a shooting at a clinic in Buffalo, Minnesota. And, and it's horrific. It's devastating to the community. But if there's one thing I know about this community, they will. We will rally. We will get past. We will pull together. And that's one of the things that I love so much and why I've been here for 21 or 22 years now. But what if the community wasn't that great, but I liked my house and and I liked the layout, but the community 
is something I just didn't like, I didn't care for, and I didn't fit in. I suppose I would consider moving because the community that I'm in is important to me. But with all communities, it's not just what can I receive from the community and what are they doing for me? That's called entitlement. Now, there's a part of a community where you want to receive, of course. But community, community, two-way, two people, two parties, you and them, what about what you give to the community? Isn't that equally as important? I think when you invest in any community, whether it's a, a small club who gets together and plays cards or gets together to have coffee or it's a, it's a large uh, group in common, it's you know, uh, Ducks Unlimited or it's a, works, uh, it's a work team, it's a, it's a company. There's a common cause, there's a common thread. And when you're in that community, why not invest just a little bit more into those relationships? Why not give just a little bit more into the people in your community? You see, maybe you have the possi- possibly have the ability to help someone else in their environment. When's the last time you, you checked in with someone that you know very well and but you just checked in and said hey how are you it's it wasn't it's not work related it's just a a 10 minute i'm just checking in how are things going or better yet how about the person that's just acquaintance you've been at a couple of meetings where they're there and and why not just reach out to them or the new employee who starts with your company your department or maybe not your department just like when someone moves into my neighborhood we go ring the doorbell and we welcome them and we tell them, here are our numbers, contact us if we can ever help in any way. Welcome to the community. We look forward to getting to know you more. How about that? How about reaching out and doing that? Invest in your work community. I've said it before, I'll continue to say it, but we receive in the giving by doing these things and we build a stronger community and a more tight knit community by investing in relationships, by cultivating more relationships, by building more bridges, by helping the the people within your department to not have silos and, and, and also an inclusive environment where other departments are in your circle. You broaden that and you shift away from a culture of exclusivity to a culture of inclusivity where people are welcome, where ideas are welcome, where conversations are welcome, where people know that they're cared for. They know that they're valued. They know that they're appreciated. Isn't that the type of place that you want to work? Isn't that the type of community you want to be in? And and I guess really what I'm saying is, is can you water a little bit more? Can you fertilize a little bit more? Can you offer a little more sunshine or sunlight by working on the relationships and the people in your community? You see, it all starts with you and it all starts with me as well. And you can optimize your environment. We don't have to sit back and and watch other people grow and develop and and feel 
stagnated. The, the last thing that I would want for you, you listening to this, would be, I feel like I've hit a wall. I'm not very fulfilled. I, I'm the shrub that's still green, it's still alive, but it's stopped growing. Growing isn't scary. Growing isn't something that we should fear. Growing isn't something that we say, well, it's just going to take so much sacrifice. I'm unwilling to do that. Growing is a part of existing. And they say you, when you stop growing, you kind of cease to develop. You cease to have purpose. And don't you want a stronger sense of purpose? And I will never understand why for some people that creates some anxieties and some fear to say, well, I don't, I don't want to invest more in a relationship. It, it, listen, I, I used to be mortified to speak in front of an audience. Absolutely horrified. I would be nauseous. Uh, my hands would be cold and clammy. I would stutter. It was a really big challenge for me. But I wanted to be able to get some messages across and, and it was more important to me to to contribute to having those conversations to get over the fear factor uh, than it was to say, well, it's 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 all about me and 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 I don't want to be uncomfortable, so I'm not gonna do it. And and going through it and and facing the the phobias and the and the anxiety about it. You get on the other side and you you breed more confidence and it's fulfilling and it's rewarding. And if there's a person who says, I, I appreciate this information, well, then it was for a good cause, wasn't it? And so I can put myself aside, my fears, my doubts, my worries, my concerns, and I can invest in others. And that's really what this is all about. It's about the inside out approach. It's about the the ripple effect and, and what I do and, and how I invest in people will go out to another ring. And did you know that the the person that you're uh, visiting with or, or working with, that you're going to have an impact on their day and it may change the course of the day for the better or for the worse and that they're going to interact with others and that's, that ripple is going to continue on. Why not be aware of that ripple and, and why not be that source or that spring of something good instead of Spring feeding, garbage, negativity, gossip, doubt. Why plant those things in the minds of others when you can instead influence their growth and their development? I'm grateful that I'm not a shrub planted and, and stuck in the environment that I'm in. I'm grateful that I can work on these things and organize and structure my time and be more intentional with it and organize and structure my physical workspace and influence and optimize that and that I can invest and cultivate and nurture existing relationships and that when I do those three things and invest in those three areas, I know that my environment will be better and it's an investment that's worthwhile and it's a pretty insignificant output. So why wouldn't I do that? Lastly, 
a call to action, I guess. Make a to-do list. Over the course of the next few days, sit down and create the system I talked about to organize your time and your day and maybe even create a model week. And then a couple of days later, when you can, schedule some time. Do it within a week or it won't get done. Set aside an hour or two to organize and clean your workspace. And set aside time daily to invest in relationships. Cultivate them. Nurture them. Optimize your environment and optimize theirs. And remember, this is an inside-out approach. You're going to create the ripple. Know where that ripple is going to go from here.